0: Thank <laughs> you. love that. It's so cute. <laughs> That's our youngest son, eight years old at the time, quoting Oprah Winfrey.
1: Good job, Jeremiah. I'm glad I saved that video for seven years.
0: Fantastic.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Sold for Soup.
0: I'm Rich Whitman. I'm sitting here with my wife and beautiful co-host, Jennifer Whitman. So if you haven't figured it out, this is episode number five of Bread episode titled, I Love Bread.
1: I love bread. We do. And Oprah Winfrey loves bread. That was, uh, if you don't remember, that was a Weight Watchers commercial from back in the day when we all figured out that avoiding bread helps us lose weight. <laughs> so we're going we to talk about that today.
0: Bread is mentioned a lot in the Bible. In fact, it's mentioned 492 times. Bread is a symbol of God's life-sustaining provision, has a variety of meanings and symbolisms throughout Scripture.
1: I get asked this question a lot because when people ask what they need to do to lose weight, oftentimes one of the biggest recommendations I have is avoid white sugar, white flour products. So bread is right up there. And then I get this pushback, like, why is it mentioned so much in the Bible if we're supposed to avoid it?
0: That is a great question. Not only was bread a staple food in the Bible, but it carried great significance in the life of Jesus. Bread also represented the relationship between God and the Israelites, and then in the New Testament between Jesus and his followers. Wow. Wow is right. Hopefully that gives our listeners a better understanding of why bread carries such a significant weight in Scripture. The Hebrew word for bread is lechem. It is referenced in 30 of the 39 books of the Old Testament. Then in the New Testament, one of the more significant references is Jesus himself proclaiming that he is the bread of life. John 6, 35, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Jesus, the bread of life, was born where, Jen? Uh, Bethlehem. Correct. And the word bet means house, and the word lehem means bread. So Bethlehem or Bechlechem means house of bread.
1: So it's interesting
0: that Jesus, who proclaims to be the bread of life, is born in a town who's called the house of bread.
1: Wow. There's so many things like that in the Bible. It's neat.
0: So what is the biblical meaning of bread and how significantly different is that bread compared to the bread that we eat today? That's, I think, ultimately what we're going to talk about today, right? right?
1: Yeah. Like, how has bread been sort of bastardized? Such an inexpensive thing to make and it's such a simple thing because bread is, what is bread? Bread is flour, water, and salt, typically, or that's what it used to be when it was made in the Bible. Now, if you look at it, if you look at the label of like a, you mentioned Wonder Bread last week being bad for you. Yeah, I would concur with that. And I would say, if you look at the label of Wonder Bread, it has like over 30 ingredients. A lot of them you probably can't pronounce. So why, why, why have we done this to something that was so inexpensive to make to begin with?
0: So I don't know if you've seen the movie, The Menu. I'm sure some of our listeners have seen it. But this is a quote from the movie. Bread has existed in some form for over 12,000 years, especially amongst the poor, flour and water as you mentioned a minute ago, Jennifer. What could be simpler? Even today, grain represents 65% of all agriculture. Fruits and vegetables, only 6%. Ancient Greek peasants dipped their stale, measly bread in wine for breakfast. And how did Jesus teach us to pray if not to beg for our daily bread? A direct quote from that movie.
1: I've never seen it or heard of it.
0: So over the centuries, bread has been a staple food in the lives of nearly all peoples and nations. And even today, bread is a product that many restaurants, grocery stores cater to in the form of gluten-free, yeast-free, vegan bread, corn bread, rice bread, bean bread, and so on. Why so many different types of bread?
1: I, I know. And bre- bread has really been a journey for me because I, I do enjoy good bread. And so it was frustrating for me to realize that bread also was making me bloated and gain weight and affecting my health in negative ways that I didn't like. So I've been on kind of a journey with bread to figure out over the years why that is, what bread can I eat, what bread can't I eat, and why is all of that. And one of the places where I learned the most actually was in my friend Riley. She had me watch a Netflix documentary, or it's a, it's a show I guess called Cook, and one of the episodes is titled Air, and it's about bread because bread is, like I said, flour, water, salt, and then... It ferments and it bubbles, and air gets in there, and then you cook it. And bread is mostly air. I don't know what about the air getting in there makes it so good. But they talk about that in the show. It's like the air is one of the reasons why it's better than like a cracker with the same ingredients. The cracker, the bread tastes better to me than a cracker does, right?
0: Yeah. I've never put butter on a cracker ever. (laughs) I mean,
1: I can't say I never have done that. I'm sure I have.
0: Peanut butter, I've put peanut butter on crackers before, but never butter yeah
1: and so we get we've gotten hung up on gluten being the issue that makes me scratch my head because you know if we've eaten gluten for thousands of years why would it suddenly be the issue so we'll talk more about that in a bit but glu- all gluten it is is like the protein that makes the flour sticky as it bubbles and that's what makes bread kind of a little chewy versus like a gluten free bread that or a gluten if you've had a gluten free maybe flour wrap and it just like crumbles and falls apart or a cookie that's gluten free that just like the, the gluten is kind of the thing that sticks and makes the bread stick together. So when it's missing that gluten, then it makes, misses that texture. And that definitely impacts, you know, the texture of things.
0: Yeah, so as I said before, bread is mentioned 492 times in Scripture. The first time that it's mentioned is in Genesis 3.19, as the Lord is explaining the consequences of the fall to Adam. The Lord says to Adam, By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread Till you return to the ground for out of it you were taken for you are dust and to dust you shall return it's sombering but god lets man know that he will live on bread until his death but then in deuteronomy 8 moses wrote that man does not live by bread alone but man lives by every word that comes out of the mouth of the lord we have the lord explaining that we will eat bread for the rest of our lives and then moses explaining that man doesn't live by just bread alone
1: i find that interesting because I also think maybe it wasn't necessarily meant as a bad thing to say you'll eat bread until you die. Like maybe, maybe that was a good thing.
0: Oh. I don't don't know. You always have a. Interesting spin on things. I mean, I, I would, have never thought I of that actually.
1: Bread every day until well, when we <laughs>
0: reference the fall, when we talk about the fall, often there's negative connotations that are attached to it. Yeah. But we never think about it as maybe some of the things that God was explaining as a result of the fall weren't necessarily always meaning that God was punishing us, but rather maybe God was sustaining us.
1: Well, and if I if God is saying that He is the bread of life, then that makes me think um, sustenance of some kind. It maybe it's saying like you will be sustained until you die and i mean because i think again i think bread is delicious and i also think it's one of those things that brings people together it's flour and water and salt if you hadn't one of the things they talked about in that documentary i mentioned is that if you handed someone flour and water they could live for a little while on that those two separate things you mix them together and start making bread and you make this starter that just keeps expanding and then you could live almost indefinitely Which I think is very interesting.
0: So the proverb that man does not live by bread alone means that human beings need more than simply necessities to keep them biologically alive. They need things that feed them mentally, spiritually, aesthetically, and they need things that give their lives meaning. To just back up for a second, if Jesus is proclaiming that he is the bread of life, then maybe he's proclaiming to us that he's everything that we possibly could need in this world.
1: Right. And like I asked earlier, why would we take something that was so simple and inexpensive to make and add all these different things to it and i asked you that earlier and what did you respond well you responded you didn't know but
0: (laughs) well i initially i said i didn't know and then i thought a little bit about it and i thought well all those extra ingredients hurt our guts don't they or can
1: right why would we take something so cheap to make and add other stuff to it and basically i was saying it's it's time it takes time to make bread it's time consuming and it doesn't last a long time you got to make it again the next day you no know, remember the term day old bread now you know you can have bread on the counter for a good week and it's it's okay the modern bread but the bread that we're speaking about the bread that Jesus ate it was it was only good for a day at the most and then it would it would get stale or hard or you know not be is yummy. So,
0: so, like a lot of things in this world, bread has been perverted, you're saying, I'm by saying greed?
1: Yes, bread. We've perverted bread because we need to make it more convenient. And in the process, we've, well, I like to use the word bastardized, we've bastardized bread and made it so that it's less healthy. And wheat, by most admission, is, is difficult to digest for everyone. It needs that fermentation process that you get when you're, well, it's rising in order to have those bacteria that help break down that protein that gluten is and the other products in wheat to help your body digest it and absorb it. So without that process, uh, wheat becomes difficult to digest.
0: So you're suggesting right now that we've done things to bread that make it difficult for us to digest, but even that it can be toxic.
1: Maybe even toxic, yes. So number one thing that I just talked about was the gluten aspect. And a lot of people are gluten sensitive or gluten intolerant. And one of the reasons I think that is, is because bread, the wheat growing process has changed in order to have two harvests within a growing season, is my understanding. They grow wheat to a certain point, they spray it with that chemical we talked about last week, it's called glyphosate, that helps to dry out the wheat so that it opens so they can harvest it and have another harvest. They grow another batch and harvest it. So that doubles their profit problem is, you know, maybe that chemical is one of the problems that we're having. Also, when you harvest wheat at a younger phase like that, it is higher in gluten content. So the flour that you get as a result has a lot more gluten in it than probably the bread that Jesus ate.
0: A while ago, just out of curiosity, I took a break from eating bread, like pizza crust. I went to uh, cauliflower pizza crust. I stopped eating bread altogether, and then I was out with some friends and decided that I would get a burger, and I got a burger, and I ate the bread that was on the burger, and I promise you that my stomach almost immediately started hurting after that. So then I did another experiment, I'm like, all right, it couldn't have been the bread. So then I was on a trip with my son, we went out to Green Bay, Wisconsin, and we stopped at a Starbucks, and I got a couple of their little bacon breakfast sandwiches that they have, and I ate the bread that was on there. We had to pull off because my stomach hurt so bad. I honestly think that there is something to be said about that. And maybe your body over some time, and again, I'm not no expert on this, but maybe your body over some time, if you give up something and then you try to reintroduce it to your body, your body's not accustomed to it or used to it. So it, it fights it.
1: I don't know. I think that our bodies are pretty resilient, but I think that your body can let you know when something's toxic for you. So... So we said, could it be that the gluten content is just too high in the way that this wheat is processed now? Could it be the chemical on it that your body is sensitive to? Could it be that they take out all of the, they, to make white flour, they take out all the nutrient part of the grain, the brown part of the grain, and that takes away a lot of the B vitamins, a lot of the nutrients, and they put back in a fortified synthetic vitamin. So basically, they take away a dollar's worth of nutrients and add back a penny's worth of nutrients. And as a result, some people, I think, don't break down synthetic vitamins very well. And you might be one of those people. I might be one of those people. I definitely know our kids are those people because we've had them tested for methylation issues. They don't break down synthetic B vitamins very well. And that's what's in bread. So there's another thing. One of the things that I've come to believe is that Modern bread is kind of a toxic soup of chemicals, too much gluten, these synthetic vitamins. Whereas if I have a sourdough bread that is fermented and baked the way it's supposed to be, I actually can eat that without any problems. I don't, it doesn't bother my stomach the way I don't get gassy. Sorry to be oversharing, but.
0: So we can for sure say this, that the bread that Jesus ate and the bread that was introduced in the Bible did not have those chemicals in it, probably did not respond or react to people's insides the way that the bread does now.
1: That's what I believe, yes.
0: Okay, what else about bread?
1: Well, now they use like a fast-acting commercial yeast. Again, it's too time-consuming to wait for something to rise naturally. So um, just to reiterate that there's not that, that bacteria in there that helps your body break down the carbohydrates and digest them easily. So it's difficult for you to digest for that reason as well. And also, when you have white flour, white sugar, those are the things that make your body release insulin. And insulin causes your body to store fat. So that's one of the reasons why white flour can be because it has such an impact on causing your body to release insulin just like it does with sugar. It's all carb. There's no fiber there. There's nothing to kind of buffer that. So you will tend to store fat more easily when you're having white sugar and white flour a lot.
0: So bread is a living thing. It's alive.
1: It should be. Yeah. Just like real bread. Yes. Wonder bread. No.
0: Okay. Let's bring all this together with regards to scripture. So John chapter 1 mentions how in the beginning the Word was with God and the Word was God. He culminates this in verse 14 as he states, And the Word became flesh, living, and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John understands that this Word, which man lives by, from Deuteronomy 8, is Jesus the Messiah. He is the Word of God. He became flesh. This understanding of the word, the flesh, the bread, it comes together in Jesus' testimony of himself. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats this bread, he will live forever. Jesus is the word of God. He is the word made flesh. He is the Messiah in whom we live, move, and have our being. What two things do men live by? Bread and bread. Our bodies eat it only to die the bread of the ground. Our spirits eat it to live forever. Jesus, the word of God and the bread of life.
1: And I think that that's a beautiful portrayal of how we, we need to spend time with our relationship with God. We need to spend, just like you have to spend time making bread. And it requires consistent attention in order to be, reap the benefits of it. The same as your relationship.
0: Next week, we're going to talk about sowing and reaping. I always want to go, whatcha, whatcha. So that's what I think I'm going to start doing. I'm going to be like, whatcha, whatcha know about sowing and reaping.
1: Because are you singing a Beastie Boys yeah, song? Yeah, I'm mixing right there? Beastie
0: Boys with, uh, with Morgan Lauren Wallen. Morgan yeah. somebody
1: needs to make that mashup. Oh, no. Make it Someone's going to
0: steal that idea from me.
1: <laughs> so, You're what do you know about sowing
0: and reaping, Jen?
1: I know that you reap what you sow. I know I like to, I dabble in gardening. And when I put effort into it and pay attention to what's happening, I get more stuff out of my plants than if I forget about them. So last year, the previous to last summer, our garden was in the back of the yard. And then...
0: It didn't get much attention. It
1: doesn't get much attention back there. And I don't like dragging the hose back there to water it. So it just gets ignored and I don't weed it. And I don't see when stuff is ready. So I moved it. Someone told me that the best place for your garden is in the shadow of the gardener or something like that. So I was like, okay, it needs to be where I see it every day. So I moved it up like closer to the fence. And I actually think it's really pretty. I like looking at it, and I take care of it more. And I got more tomatoes, and we had like a salad garden. It was fantastic. So I don't know if we're going to talk about anything like that, but that's what I know.
0: Cool. And what was your favorite thing from last week?
1: You weren't there, but I went to see John Crist, the comedian, in Grand Rapids with my sister's family for her birthday. Happy birthday, Marla. And it was hilarious. What was your favorite thing?
0: Um, my favorite thing from this last week was probably...
1: Hmm. Did you not think about this?
0: I didn't really think about it. But I think my favorite thing from this last week was just all the time that we've been spending together um, as a family. We haven't been going out to eat a lot. I feel like that when we go out to eat, we have less conversation. We don't spend as much time like talking to each other. But when we're at home and we're sitting around our own table... We spend more time together. It's much more quality time.
1: We kind of have like a no phone at the table kind of thing at home. Whereas when we're out to eat.
0: Everyone's on their phone. People tend to, we yeah. order
1: and then we sit there and then people go on their phone. Yeah.
0: So anyway, I agree. definitely I'm the time thing. that we spent together and eating at home, I just feel like it's so much better for us. And we spend way less money eating way less at money.
1: home. It's eating out is expensive.
0: Yeah. So And that, they
1: use really toxic oils when you eat out.
0: That was my favorite thing from this last week. What are we going to give away this week? We're going to give away a bag of coffee. Rich tried so, to say
1: we weren't going to give anything away and cuz we don't really deal in food, but I was like, we deal in coffee, so we're going to give away coffee. So I hope that's okay. We're cool going to give everyone. away a bag of coffee nobody's, this week. So go ahead and draw. Okay, I'm drawing out draw of the name half.
0: from our Instagram followers. Okay,
1: here we go. I got a name. What does that say? David Lalone.
0: David Lalone, you are David the winner a of shout out a on Facebook
1: too. bag Thanks, of David. coffee
0: from the Blue Owl Coffee here in Lansing, uh, Michigan. That's
1: good because I, I know they'll, if he doesn't drink it, his wife will.
0: So we will make sure that you receive your gift. If you're not following us on Instagram, that's where you want to be uh, along with some of our other socials. But our Instagram account is soldforsoup. Our website is soldforsoup.com. And our Twitter is sold for soup. We There's do, not very many do followers a, on Twitter. Did you make a Facebook? No, I don't have a Facebook.
1: Oh, I thought I, said, so, I thought you did. Okay. And
0: Jen keeps trying to upload stuff on TikTok, and they <laughs> we'll t- keep I don't want to sh- talk about shutting it. Shutting us down. <laughs> so, as we said before, we love each of every one of you guys that are listening. Continue to listen. Tell your friends about sold for soup, and go get healthy.
1: All right. Peace out.